0: Welcome to the podcast for the women, where I get real with you about the real struggles we as women have. It is my mission to remind you of the powerful, beautiful, worthy woman within and shine light on the food and body struggles that we all go through. I especially shine light on orthorexia, an eating disorder not well known nor talked about. Plus, you're going to get a whole lot of inspiration and empowerment along the way. Let's do this thing. Welcome back to the For the Women podcast. I am... Bringing on another guest, like I said, in 2021, I'm going to be bringing on more voices, more stories, and more inspiration for you. So today I have Lily Bloomberg coming on to talk about her experience with struggling with orthorexia and then getting to a place of food freedom. She is currently an anxiety coach, and I found her actually again through TikTok, where We are both sharing advice and knowledge about anxiety and, well, she's sharing about anxiety. I'm sharing about orthorexia. And so I'm going to allow her to talk about her story, how she got to a place of struggling with food, and then share the inspiration of where she is now and how she has achieved food freedom. So Lily, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So can you share with us a little bit, I know we were talking before a little bit about how you got to a place where you noticed you were really starting to struggle with food and it was becoming a challenge for you.
1: Yes. I think I noticed, well, food, I always felt like I was a little bit broken or wrong or too annoying. And so being an anxious child, like looking at my environment and seeing, well, how could I do better? And probably just growing up in our society, but maybe it was contributed to growing up in Los Angeles. Um, But I always thought, well, it'd be better if I was thinner, you know, and that kind of came and went until seventh grade when I did start really having disordered eating. I went on later to struggle with bulimia and then restrictive eating, but I got treatment and I got to a very good place with food when I was 19. So then from like 19 to probably almost like 26, it was great. But when I was 26, um, I had a baby at 25 and then I was breastfeeding and I, I got my set point was just a bit lower from, I was in also a very stressful marriage and by breastfeeding and I got a lot of accolades and attention for, you know, just, it wasn't a lot, but it was like five or seven pounds lower than my set point, which from 19 to there, it was like, you know, which I think a lot of people experience when they do have food freedom is feeling free to eat whatever they want and their body easily maintains their weight, you know, give or take five or 10 pounds. Like, but so I got very thin, but I also knew that was below my set point. And then, so when I stopped breastfeeding and probably even a little before, like my, I gained back those five or seven pounds and that was really hard for me. I felt like I got a lot of, I mean, and I feel embarrassed to admit that because I was, it did have food freedom, but it was different than where I have now. There was still this importance that I had on being in a smaller body.
0: Yeah.
1: And I remember I actually went back to my therapist and I probably weigh like what I weigh now, or even a little bit lower. And I was like, Oh, I don't just can't. She was like, what if this was your weight? Cause I was also like, still very thin there. And I'm like, never. Like I was like, almost, I was literally having a breakdown. Um, I was oh. like, I will over like really five or six pounds, like, but it was the five or six pounds that now was like, you look healthy when before it's like, are you a model? So that started, I started restricting again a little bit and just, I didn't, I lost that food freedom. Um, And then I joined CrossFit and I was sharing with you that I was hesitant because my sister was a CrossFit trainer and I knew that a big part of it for some people is the paleo way of eating. And I, even though I was restricting, I was like, I can't do a diet because of my history. So I was really vocal about that, but I was then swayed because they even had this big mural. It was all about that food. And like I talked with my coach because there was just a nutrition aspect to it. And I was resistant, but then I kind of then I got into it. And for me, when I dive into I read every single book. Mm-hmm. And what made it really hard for me was in the books that I was reading, they were like, this isn't a diet. This will prevent cancer. This is what will help your mental health. And as somebody with health anxiety, and then what really came up for me was anxiety about my daughter getting sick. Cause I always worried, what if I got cancer? Mm-hmm. What if I got a brain tumor? What if my daughter? So to th- think of this diet, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. Grains, dairy, processed foods um, are all the reason for all the badness in our lives, like cancer, cavities, mental illness. So it was like, if I ate perfectly and I fed my daughter perfectly. And also I had been a vegetarian prior to having my daughter and in the beginning of her life. And when I wanted to feed her meat, I wanted to do it in an ethical way. Mm-hmm. So that went in alignment with that too. And I live in Los Angeles where there's a lot of um, wonderful access to farmers markets and meat that is raised humanely and the paleo style of eating. And Primal really supported that, like the quality of food. And I'm, I'm fully behind that but it's challenging for me. And also please feel free to stop me. I don't want to
0: like. No, 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 continue, continue. Um,
1: I will go hardcore. Like some people are like, oh, they read it. I'm like, literally I will change my whole life. I will nonstop listen to every single podcast. I will read every book. I will, you know, once Mark Sisson came to talk at my CrossFit and I had listened so much to podcasts, read every book I knew exactly how he would answer every question. I was right from even like hormonal birth control. I'm like, I will know what you will say. Like What about your teaspoon of sugar? I will know his answer. Cause he's like, I'm artisan. I bet like, I was like, you know, for me, there was an OCD aspect to it. Um, I then, you know, wanted the best for me and for my daughter and my husband at the time too, but also like, I didn't have as much worries about him. It was this pure being of my daughter of What if I could avoid her a lifetime of pain, of like gut disturbances and mental health? And so, paleo and a primal style of eating seemed perfect, but it's hard to do that in the world unless you're living a very isolated life. So, when we go to a party, you know, and there would be pizza and cake, on the one hand, I felt like, well, I don't want her to develop an eating disorder and become anorexic because she could die from that. Like, that would be worse. But I also was like, isn't she? destroying her body so I would just like be filled with incredible incredible anxiety at every event and for me it also went beyond food it went the environment and the home which we don't have to go into but from Mm. what people were cooking on you know to just if stuff was cooked in olive oil versus like I to my cleaning products I never ever ate out we never ordered in I would make my own toothpaste make my own cleaning products and try to be as perfect as I could be, but I also felt like it was never enough because society was like against me because I'd have to go to brunch or I'd have to go to, like have to, yeah. you know, and it was just adrenaline was probably coursing through my body of a baby shower. Like I'd bring my own food and I'd secretly eat before, but like I'd want I, I it was just really, I mean, I could, I don't wanna take up so much time, but eventually I lost my period. Um, during that time I developed hypothalamic amenorrhea and I was at a healthy weight, you know, I wasn't underweight, but I kept thinking I needed to go harder core, you know? So I would read. And also when I, I am in no way saying that the people, if I bring up people's names or lifestyles and ways of eating, like they could be so great for somebody. And for me, it didn't work. And I just tried every way. And then I would even like, from I would jump from thing to thing like maybe I need to lower my protein, maybe I need to up my fat, and just this search for perfection. And I tried Western to Eastern medicines and, you know, practices to get my period back. But all along it was this, well, it's because my diet is not perfect enough, you know. Yeah. Um, and even at once I brought prior to like really trying to get my period back, but still there, I went to my CrossFit coach, who was great, and I showed him my food diary which was also, I was thin, probably a few pounds lighter than I'm at now. And I like wanted to even get lower and get this. And he was like, well, maybe take out that apple and substitute it. Like, I think that was my one piece of fruit and substitute it for like half an avocado. And it was like, wow. you know, and then, so I would continue that of like looking and it was like, maybe no more. Like just, I was, it was just a lot of, it ruined my body. It really damaged my marriage. I think it. I felt just extreme anxiety in any social situations with my family and my daughter's preschool. Like we would go on camping trips, I'm like, I'll be in charge of the food. Cause I didn't want people to like try to make pancakes or stuff that I really felt like was poison and death. But I also didn't want to say like, I don't agree with that. Cause I wanted to be accepted socially. So I would like suffer in silence and just be like, our family doesn't eat that. Don't bring your home cooked bread over here. Like, but it was yeah. to me like, death and mental illness and cancer and gut disturbances. So I'll pause there.
0: Yeah. So like there's so much in here and one, so much of your story sounds so similar to mine and everything that you said about all of the fears that you had for your daughter were all the things that I was so scared of if I were to have kids, like I don't have kids right now. And I, I would think about that. Like I would be like, well, what are my kids going to do? And how am I going to feed them? And I literally already had it mapped out like that. I would a hundred percent be making all of their baby food and just all of these things that I was like, no, this is like my strict rules and like uh, we will follow them and I was I was like 21 like I wasn't even close to thinking about having kids and I was the same way with it's got to be this certain way and it trickles into everything it's like the beauty products and like I was the same way I was so obsessed with like I made my own deodorant and I would go look for all natural everything and I think it's very real though. Like we we have so many messages in society where it's like if you just change your diet like your mental health will be better. If you just change your diet you'll lose weight. All of these things. So I'm really curious what it was for you that helped break you out of those beliefs that if you weren't 100% pure and perfect that you would get a disease or a mental illness because I was the same exact way. Like I was so scared of contracting anything that I just controlled my food so heavily. So what helped you to really like step out of those fears?
1: I think it was that I had struggled for three years and I was pretty Perfect. Even though I didn't feel that way, but like Mm -hmm. takeout never crossed our door. You know, I, I did try some Western progesterone stuff and in the beginning, but I tried a very, very natural approach to Mm -hmm. a large part of it was diet, but natural supplements, healers, Mm -hmm. acupuncture, or, you know, I mean, every single thing to extensive therapy, retreats, um, trauma where like I tried everything but a large part of my diet was very perfect. And towards the end of it, still nothing was working. I think I tried another Western approach and they ran my hormones and my hormones were in the postmenopausal range. Wow. And so I had an MRI done and everything was fine, but like I started, then I came home and I'd I never recommend Googling, but I put <laughs> like my things in the Google, like postmenopausal yeah. range, I don't know what. And then I read this, that was when I first heard about hypothalamic amenorrhea and there was a woman sharing her story and it was very similar and she had been linked to this i can't remember the the name of it but it was a forum and this woman was t- was helping people heal from hypothalamic amenorrhea and it was like just reading it i was like this is me the ex- is it was for people that were not necessarily underweight but that had put their bodies in extreme stress by trying to eat healthy so much so that they lost their period um, because obviously when we're under an extreme amount of stress, reproduction is not a priority. Right. And so it just, it was like a light bulb moment. I mean, and so their rec this recommendation was to eat a minimum of 2,500 calories and did literally do no exercise
0: because
1: wow. um, that was, if you do exercise, so everybody's journey is different, but the rationale, this was the first thing that I read was if you do exercise, your body is going to be going to recover those muscles. And what we need, I needed to do was recover my reproductive muscles and my reproductive organs. So I had a porch at this time. And I remember I'd already scaled down my CrossFit. CrossFit was a big part of my life. I loved it. It was a few blocks away. And, um, I had already, so I'd been going there for probably five years or whatever. And I had already scaled down. Cause I was like, well, maybe I can't do the intense workouts. And so they would give me the schedule ahead of time. And I had my same coach and I remember calling him and saying, I need to stop working out completely. Cause yeah. I like, started out, I would go like six days a week at six in the morning or five days, six in the morning. And then Saturday. And then I scaled back to three days and trying to do gentle. And so I was like, I remember crying and he's like, I don't think why, don't change your, your exercise. Um, maybe try the diet stuff first, try eating more. And I was like, I'm all in. Yeah. And so at first I did try, um, you know, just adding more quinoa and my sister would help me try to make sure I was eating enough calories. And I was like, still scared of like, let me try potatoes. Um, and then it was like, well, why don't I just go to like foster freeze and get like a, I don't know. I just, I really was trying to eat a lot of food because that was the rationale. And then I got my period back within three months and I was pregnant cause I had wanted to have my second child for three years. Wow. And so for me, that was a turning point. Um, but also what I did was I curated my social media feed. Mm-hmm. You know, I took off, I really started following people that were my size or bigger getting rid of any fitspo or help people eating. You know, I really was like, no, I didn't. I immersed myself in the food freedom side of yep. podcasts. You know, that's why I think it's so amazing that you're doing your podcast, because I needed replacements. Like I was yep. so obsessed with this journey of perfect eating and health that that's, I really listened to a lot of podcasts. So for me, I just replaced them with a lot of people talking about food freedom, body positivity, working towards body neutrality. And that's what my I'd fill my ears with. And I would then try to fill my eyes if I was on social media with people spreading a different message. So that was helpful. And being on that forum, I wish I remembered the name, but I like literally didn't even walk the dog. Like I was like, I will never move. Um, so, I mean, I had to go to work, but I felt my internal organs repaired. If I wasn't on that forum, like at one point it felt like someone beat my stomach with a baseball bat because the healing that was going on wow. like it was, and I would type it in and people were like me too. So that was a huge turning point that I saw the path, was for me, was not in healthy eating. I was extremely unhealthy then. Um, so much, yeah, that I, and so I could go on about like, cause it was still a journey after that, but seeing that drastic change yeah. um, in my health when I really allowed my body to heal.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's so interesting that we strive so much to be what we deem as like, the most healthy that we can be. And then in that pursuit, we actually start breaking down our bodies and they're no longer functioning properly because we're so obsessed with this idea of being healthy that it makes us unhealthy. And I, I mean, I had a similar, like I didn't lose my period, but I, my body was not absorbing any iron and I was vegan at the time, like hardcore vegan, and no one could figure out why I wasn't absorbing iron. And to this day, they don't know, and I still attribute it to the fact that my body wasn't getting what it needed. Like (laughs) it, it, my body wasn't able to function properly because I was so strict, and I was so hell bent on like this is the way it has to be. I have to be 100% vegan and pure, and and I I think it's the fear like i love what what you talk about because i never i guess i always kind of knew it was anxiety but i never linked the two and i was like oh it's food anxiety and it's the anxiety of like what will happen to me if if i eat this and what will happen to my body so what are ways to overcome all of that anxiety that people feel in the fear. Because I think even if someone doesn't struggle with something like orthorexia or a full-blown eating disorder, people can definitely resonate with the fact that we're scared of getting diseases or dying early or doing, you know, something to our body that would cause dis-ease, basically. So what what can we do to lessen that anxiety and lessen that fear
1: i think a big thing is recognizing what are what's the input that you're getting Mm -hmm. so are you you know what's your news that you're reading what articles are you reading also what are you watching who is you know we're you found me on social media i'm on social media myself so it can be and especially with instagram I mean, sometimes if you're just on the discover page, but you can really curate your feed where yep. there are some people coming from a good place. Yeah. That they're kind of fear based, you know, about um, very innocently. Like, of course we should know what's in our beauty products, but like, it can be really scary to think, oh my God, I've been using the wrong deodorant or I can't use that eyeliner. Like, or mm-hmm. all of those are, but so I guess to understand or to, cause that can be a lot of noise and it can make it really confusing, but going just narrowing it down to food. I really think as much as you can eliminating chatter about what is healthy and what feels good, because I also did so much food sensitivity testing, various tests. And then I would be like, I can't eat cruciferous vegetables. Like I would eat cabbage also like I would think I was intolerant to gluten and I would burp. I would actually have the physical, like my stomach would turn huge. Yeah. I would burp. I would have stomach pain. Um, and there was just so much anxiety and like sometimes just manifesting. Though They were really real though. Like my husband would laugh. My ex-husband, you know, of like, I'd go and I'd be like eating it. And so if you can quiet those outside influences of, what's good to eat, what is going to cause disease, what is going to feel, you know, that kind of constant searching for what's my problem, what is this, what's going to be great for my digestion, Um, when you can quiet the noise. And there are various steps, you know, because sometimes people do need to err on, not like then they have like so food freedom and all they eat is processed foods. But then you come back to really, well, what actually feels good? Yeah. So, um, and your body knows, and that's really like reconnecting to your wisdom of like, when there is no dogma and fear, you might be like, ooh, having a bowl of oatmeal feels really good to me in the morning versus having donuts. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but if there's all food fits, if you think, hey, if I wake up and just have coffee and donuts, sure, that you might actually feel great. Or when there's Or you might be like, hey, I actually might add a hard-boiled egg with my donut. Or you know what? I actually love oatmeal even more. Or like you really get to figure out what feels good, you know? Um, And that there's so much more to health than the food we eat. Because just as you and I were saying, probably someone looking at us, oh, your vegan diet's perfect, you know? But kind of in that same vein, there's going to be a book that's going to vilify veganism, you know, where there's people that are healthy that all they eat is carnivore. Right. All they need is meat from McDonald's and they're thriving. So it's like, if every diet is bad and good, you know, can't all food fit? And and really only listening as much to yourself. So that was a huge part for me was, because I'll get tempted if I like, not as much anymore, because it's like, I so know. But even when people, when they comment, oh, but have you tried this or gut health? And I'm super because my story is different of any sort of like eliminate sugar and you will have less anxiety. I'm like, fuck that, you know, but I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. Yeah, you but if, if somebody came to realize that on their own, like, cause you know, once for me, I drank some coffee and then I, for like my lunch, I decided to like literally eat half a bar of dark chocolate. And I went to a meeting and I'm like, I don't feel so good. Like yeah. where I might think, hmm, lunch of dark, like maybe I would have felt better eating this, but it's not coming from a, this fear-based, it's more like curious of like, ooh, what works for me? What does feel good? What helps me sleep? What gives me energy?
0: Yeah. I love all of that. And you're you're like speaking my language because I always talk about what feels good. <laughs> and then I always say like health is so much more important than just the physical aspects and what we're eating. And then like checking in and being curious about food instead of being fearful of food. And all of that is all things that I did in my recovery too, where it was like, I, I need to silence the noise of everyone else. Understand that my body is going to be different from every single other person. And I get to actually just tap back into what I want and asking myself, okay, what do I want for this meal? And then, okay, now how do I feel after it? And I, yeah, like all of that. I'm like, we had very similar, um, recovery stories because I think those are really key. And, you know, it falls into intuitive eating and intuitive movement and getting back into a connection with your body because we become so disconnected and we live in so much fear and anxiety that we can't possibly just be present for a moment to like, see how are we feeling and what do I want? And I think, um, the, when you talked about gluten, like I, I recently went, um, have a naturopath friend and I was like, I'm bloated all the time and I don't understand why. And she was like, well, we can do like this, you know, gut health thing. And I sat down with her and I said, look, <laughs> I have a past with becoming very obsessed with this stuff. So knowing that like now let's talk. And I've always had this thing of it's gluten, it's gluten, it's gluten. And we kind of did this elimination thing and brought back in gluten. And I was like, I feel fine. And she's like, well, then it might not be gluten. That's like bothering you. And my mind, I was just like, what do you mean? Like for so many years, I was like, no, I have a sensitivity to gluten and it's so bad for me. And once I actually started to feel like literally feel and pay attention to how gluten was making me feel when I introduced it back into what I was eating. I was like, this isn't doing what it's supposed to do, what I think it's supposed to do to me. Um, so I, I just, it's so interesting when you actually get curious about your body and what's happening, what you find out.
1: Yeah, I completely agree.
0: Yeah. I, it's, (laughs) it's, really really cool to know that we don't need other people outside of us to tell us what to eat if we're willing to be courageous enough to form trust with our bodies and really tap in and ask ourselves what we want and then see how we feel we we can become our the own expert of our own body
1: yeah 100 percent. and i think i um even after, so I guess like a year and a half ago or almost t- two years ago, I started having some shifts in my marriage and I, I went away on this retreat. And that was when my husband at this time started cooking for my son who had digestive issues. So I still kind of got back into prepping all of his food just because he actually really did have a, so I, um so I had this freedom of like he actually handled the meals. And I came back and I'm like, I will never cook, you know, like, and I, and then I kind of went actually very hard. And like my son's digestion started to get better too, because he was older and whatever. But, and then I got divorced and it was like, I went very, I did not want to cook at all. I didn't really want to eat a lot of vegetables. And I did have the freedom to be like, mainly I'm eating also, because then I was hard time of getting divorced. You know, I did lose my appetite. And so it'd be like just heavily relying on like protein bars and chips. And I didn't have any food noise about, I knew it didn't matter. But so for almost for definitely like a year and a half, um, my diet, what, yes, there were some eggs and there were some vegetables and there were some berries, but there was a lot of chips, Mm -hmm. a lot of not, and I'm not saying that this is any bad food, but I just in 2021 now, um, just started having more stress in my business. I'm still working on my balance between social media and the stress of like, are my videos? And does this correlate with this? And I would notice that, because I'm a big fan of, if you want to eat mindlessly, eat on your phone, like your body will know. So for me at the place that I'm at, I was noticing that just all day long, I'd be like chocolate and just, just standing up eating. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but intuitively I got to this place of like, maybe I would like to sit down and Mm -hmm. not that a salad's perfect, but it was like my, I came to that. Nobody needed to tell me. Also I still eat chips and I still eat chocolate, but it was like, I was realized like I had, I had gone through that place and nobody and I didn't have any pressure of like this time needs to come to an end. You, you know, I did that for almost a year and a half of really, um, of my food looking a little bit different. Um, And I was okay with that, you know, of of like a lot of even just chicken nuggets and and this and, and and it was nice to have that freedom. And now I'm kind of back of like, I'm super into this spinach salad with like goat cheese and stuff. And there's still be a side of chips and there might still be nuggets, but it's like, when we give ourselves the freedom, it's not like, well, now I'm going to only eat McDonald's. Sure. Maybe you will. And maybe you'll eat it for like a year. You'll be like, this is great. This is easy. This freedom that I have. And then not, I guess I hesitate even to say that because I don't want people to think the goal should be.
0: Yeah. But that
1: our bodies will lead us in the right direction for us. And sometimes that looks like an abundance of calories and more processed foods. And sometimes it is. Um, Ooh, I'm craving soups and smoothies and, and cake. And, Where we are, just as you were saying, like, we are our own experts, like we are our own gurus, like, and our own inner nutritionists, you know, where if we've quiet down the chatter, and we come at this curiosity, and I think that's where I got If like, I actually kind of feel yucky, just standing and like shoveling and like jalapeno chips into my mouth, like on and off all day, maybe I'll sit down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that that's a very, very important point to touch on because I think one of the biggest questions people have is, okay, well, if I just start on, you know, giving myself food freedom, aren't I going to want to just eat cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner forever? And it's like, maybe, (laughs) but you will probably eventually get tired of that. And so if you just give yourself that grace period of, I'm going to allow whatever I feel right now to happen. You will, your body will start to trust you again. And you'll start to trust your body that when I feel like I want to have chips, I can have chips. And when I feel like I want to have a smoothie or a salad, I'll do that. And I think that that was, that was probably the biggest thing that got me through quarantining because it's like, it's such a stressful time. I was, Very similar, like I really, my mental health really declined in the beginning of quarantine and I could barely get out of bed, let alone think about, you know, getting all my veggies in and all my fruits. And it was like, when you, when you can have that grace and that patience with yourself and the understanding of these are the circumstances and this is what I'm going through and just knowing as long as I'm feeding my body, it will do what it can with what I'm giving it and that's okay and i will come back like i will come back to a place where i'm wanting to have all of these fruits and veggies but it's also okay that all i can stomach right now are like chips and cheese or whatever it is and that's food freedom
1: yeah and also not even having limits where it might be literally a year or a year and a half where you're because it's all a temporary arrangement and I think people think okay a week or two you know and I saw a wonderful woman who I love on TikTok which was like I gained 10 pounds intuitive eating's not working like uh, also the goal is not weight loss on intuitive right. eating I think there can be some pitfalls in that of becoming the hunger and fullness diet but I think people and I know it too we want instant gratification it's like yeah. okay I've let myself eat cake for breakfast for like three weeks like this is long enough when yeah there, you know, this pandemic has been long, you know, my period of eating even started before th- of, of just a different style of eating before the pandemic, where I like vegetables were yucky to me and certain meat was yucky. And it was like, I knew though, in my heart, also I still eat like a protein bar every day, just because like, I don't know, I like it. It is what it is and chips. And, but um, I guess I kind of lost it. It's a temporary arrangement too. Yeah. And they have been studied, there has been studies done where people eat um, you know, broccoli or vegetables like when they don't want to, that they actually don't absorb the nutrients. So yeah, when you're like, I don't wanna eat this. And so I think going against your body, I think the biggest thing is it does help our stress levels to be continuously nourished. You know, when I would see that, you know, my other job is as a school psychologist and when I would see kids would come in, especially boys that tended to be on the thinner side, they come in so frantic and panicky. And of course I'd want to honor that, but I also knew like, have you eaten anything today? No. It was like they, you know, and also because we lose our appetite, but that does send a signal to our body too, that like we're in danger. So in times of stress, eating whatever feels good, just as you said, um, sometimes it is cheese, nuts, those things that are higher in calories that are easy to get smoothies, milkshakes, ice cream, like eat and let you know bring down that nourish your body and let it know like i've got you at least you're not starving and however long you need and it there really is no time limit um in terms of finding your food freedom or um incorporating back foods that you think would would be beneficial to your health
0: yeah i love that and i'm really really glad that you put in that little caveat of there is no time limit. Because you're right, a lot of people will be like, okay, well, two, three weeks is acceptable. But like anything more than that, like this is starting to get ridiculous. And they start to go back to that shame and the guilt and the fear. And we can, the more we can trust our bodies and continually check in with ourselves, the more we can regulate (laughs) that nervous system of the fear and the anxiety. Because just as People say, you know, X, Y, Z food causes this disease. The same can be said about high stress, high anxiety. Like, so it's about forming that union between mental state, emotional state, physical state to get yourself to a place where you're really actually feeling good and at peace, Mm -hmm. even if all three of those parts or even if none of those parts are quote unquote perfect. Yeah. I love that. This has been amazing. And I love the direction that it went. And I'm super excited that because I was just like, this is such a beautiful message to have come through in talking about getting to that place of freedom. And I'm so glad that you, we we sound very similar in what we went through and we both are experiencing the same exact thing in terms of uh, how we recovered. And so I'm really glad that you shared that. I appreciate you sharing vulnerably. I know sometimes it's not so easy to do, especially we don't know each other very well. Um, So I really appreciate you sharing all of that and sharing your experience because I do think it's one, something a lot of people struggle with and two, something a lot of people can get inspiration and empowerment from. So thank you, Lily, for being here and being on the podcast.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And I, you made me feel comfortable right off the bat, I think, oh. just by you being vulnerable. And so you made it, I felt safe and comfortable. So I can only imagine the people that get to work with you would feel the same.
0: Thank you. And can you tell us where we can find you? Yes.
1: So on TikTok, I'm at peace from within. And on Instagram, I'm at underscore peace from within. And then I have a website, which is a different variation, peace dash from dash com, but I have links to my website, um, on any kind of social media handle.
0: Amazing. So you're all about having peace from within, which I love. I love that so much. Cause that's what we're trying to get to. I didn't, I forgot what your handle was. And I was literally like, it's about finding peace that <laughs> it just it came together perfectly. Yeah. Um, So thank you again. And for everyone listening, you can go follow Lily. She's got amazing content on her TikTok and Instagram and does anxiety coaching. So if that's something you feel like you could benefit from, definitely go to her website or her social medias and reach out. Thank you again, Lily.
1: Thank you.